favorite of the podcast, babe? Talking about idle words today, I'm going to get right into the scripture. If you have your Bible with you, with you we're going to be in Matthew 12, 33 through 37. I'm going to jump around just a little bit this morning, um, but just follow with me the best you can, right? So either make the tree good, this is Jesus talking, by the way, right? So it carries a little more weight. When it's written in red in my Bible, I really, I, all, all scripture is inspired by God. It's all from God. But when Jesus himself said it, I really stop and take note of it, right? So this is Jesus himself talking. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For, I'm not done yet. Can you go back? For a tree, a tree is known by its fruits. Notice in that verse right there, it says its. And 34 says this. Brood, oh, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And another, in another translation I read, it said, it, it said his. It was talking about a, a person more. It had a double meaning to it. Um, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth, hold up on this one right here for a second, babe, brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So this word treasure right here, we, I preached about this about a month ago. This word treasure right here means a deposit, right? It's things that you put in, things that you store up. You have to put things into a treasury that just don't appear there, right? If you have an account at the bank, you have to put some things into it. You have to make a few deposits if you want to get something out of it, right? So we're, we're depositing things into our heart all the time. And a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things, right? So this word treasure is to deposit. The word forth right there means to send forward or to fling forward. You guys remember this from about a month ago? I preached this on this, on this uh, scripture right here, and, and I broke some of this down for you, but I need to bring this to your remembrance today. So it means to send forward or to fling forward out of the, out of the good treasure of your heart. But I say to you that every idol, this is my main scripture right here this week, right? Mark this in your Bible. You should highlight this right here. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. When we stand in front of God, you're going to give an account of every idle word that you speak in this lifetime, right? While you're here on this earth. And I looked up the, I, I took the liberty of looking up the definition of idol for you today. And when I heard this definition, it just got all over me because I was guilty of it. I still am guilty of it some days, right? So it means inactive. We're talking about idle words, right? When your words are inactive, unemployed, lazy, useless, barren, idle, slow, free from labor, at leisure, lazy, shunning the labor which they ought to perform. When your words are shunning the labor which they ought to perform, think about that. That big, huge definition out of a four-letter word, idle. It means a lot right there. So that, that's what I want to talk about today. So, so it brings up the question, what labor should your words perform, right? What, if, if idle words are not doing the things that they're supposed to do, if they're not performing, if they're not performing the labor that they're supposed to perform, what, what labor should your words perform, right? So in verse 35, it says, A good man brings forth good things, and an evil man brings forth evil things. So whatever you're putting into your life, whatever you're putting into your heart, that's what your words are going to say, and that's what you're going to bring forth. You're flinging those things forward, right? You're bringing those things forward. So, you want to see what Jesus has got to say about it? Mark eleven twenty two and 23 says this. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. So you have to have this faith that's joined with your words, right? For assuredly, I say to you, whosoever or whoever says to this mountain, 
be removed and be cast in the sea. If you're reading in Mark 11, 23, if you go back just a few verses before this, what's he talking about? He's not talking about a mountain, right? Jesus is talking about a fig tree. He was talking about a fig tree that presented itself like it had fruit. It looked like it would have had fruit on it, and he was hungry, and when he walked over to eat of it, it didn't have any fruit. So he cursed the fig tree, and he said he told it to die, and they, and they walked back by the next day, and the fig tree was withered already and dried up from the roots, and it was dead. Are you following me? This means yes. yes. A few hallelujahs, amens. Be good. Thank you, Sister Linda. I can go on now. So whoever says to this mountain, he was talking about anything that looks insurmountable to you. Be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have somebody, whatever. Remember we talked about last week? He'll have whatever he says. You'll have whatever he says he'll have if he just says it and believes it. This is Jesus Christ talking. I'm not making these things up. Jesus said these things. So, so faith Plus your words, if you read on in verse 24, I didn't put it up here today, but if you read on in your words, it says, if you pray and don't doubt, you'll have whatever your prayers are, as long as they're in God's will, right? You can't say, I'm going to win a million dollars tomorrow, I'm going to win the Powerball tomorrow. It has to be inside God's will. Are you following me? But your faith combined with your words is how your authority works, right? That's the work that your word is supposed to be producing. Your, your, your authority, it also, your, your faith with your words combined in prayer to God. That's how it works. Jesus said it. Jesus said it, so it must be true, right? So back to Matthew 12, 36 and 37. I just wanted to show you what Jesus said about that, and now we're back to what Jesus said here. But I say to you that every idle word men, men may speak, they will give an account of it. So if it's not in, in the day of judgment, so it's, if it's not in God's will, if it's not what God intended us to do, to do with our words, how we're supposed to work our words, those words are idle. If there's anything outside of using our authority, praying to God, Doing positive, flinging positive things forth. Are you following me? Those words are idle. When we stand, it says death, hell, and the sea give up their dead. Everybody who's ever existed on this earth, everybody who ever will exist on this earth, will stand in front of Jesus Christ. You will stand in front of God at the great white throne judgment. It says the goats will be on the left side and the sheep will be on the right side. Right? Doesn't it say that? Some of you Bible scholars know it says this. It says that we will give an account for every idle word. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So why by your words? Think about that for a second. Why by your words will you be judged, justified, or condemned? Think about what justified or condemned means on that day. When you're standing in front of God, the books are going to be opened up, the, the, the book of remembrance. What you've done in, in your life, that's what you're going to give an account for. If you've asked God to forgive you of the words that you've put out there, now he'll forgive you of them. He'll wipe those things out. But I'm talking about unrepentant things that you've said that, that don't mean anything or are negative or speak bad things on yourself or bad things on your family, your spouse, other people that you work with, people that you know, the president, whoever it may be, whoever it may be, idle words, you're, you're, you'll be held accountable. I'll be held accountable for those things, justified or condemned. Think about what we're standing in front of God for on that day. It's either lake of fire or heaven. This is what we're judged by on that day is our words. Isn't that what he's saying here? I'm not mistaken. We're judged by this. It's either heaven or the lake of fire by your words. This is what you'll be justified by or condemned by. Judged by what we say because it reveals what's in your heart. Isn't that what it said in the scripture before that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Good treasure, a good man puts in good treasure. An evil man makes evil deposits in his heart. Are you following me? 
So we're judged by what we say because it reveals what's in our heart. It's what we deposit, right? You treasure whatever you... You deposit whatever your treasure is, I mean to say. Whatever you want to deposit, you're doing with your life what you want to do with your life. If you want to have more of God, if I, I'm not speaking down to anybody today. If I want to have more of God, I can have more of God. I can have as much or as little of him as I want. I can have as much or as little of his word as I want. We had a contest at my house the other day. And I said, I, I'm going to give $5 to any of my kids, whichever one of my kids and I gave him a scripture, I don't remember what it was now, Isaiah 54, 17, I think. Whoever can go get their Bible that they own, and most of my kids have multiple Bibles, whoever can go get one of their Bibles that you own and come back and read it to me, read me this scripture right here, gets $5. And Katie was the only one of my kids, I'm telling on you, son. Katie was the only one of my kids that had a Bible at home. The rest of them had left them at church. Church, we can have as much or as little God as we want. You're putting into that man whatever it is that you treasure, that's what you're putting in. That's the deposits we're making all the time. That's what's going to come out of the abundance. Whatever you're putting in, whatever you're putting in the most, that's what's going to come out. You follow me? It took me a year to quit cussing. It did. I used to cuss like a sailor. I knew a lot of colorful words, I think. Now I'm not impressed by people that do those things. They say all of them, it makes me think of them like I'm looking at them like they're ignorant. Are you following me? I, I'm not impressed by the words that you can string together. But we can have as much or, or a little of God as we want to be, and we're, we're going to be judged by what we're putting into our heart. It comes through our words. It's through the avenue of our words. Because we, we put, we're depositing whatever it is that we treasure. You can't solve a heart problem, though, just by cleaning up your speech. You see, I could have quit cursing. I could have quit saying those things. I did, but I still would have had a heart problem. Does that make sense? You can't, clean, you can't just do that by cleaning it up. And, and Jesus, said, Jesus said this about it in Matthew 23, 25 through 28. He said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He calls them hypocrites twice here in three verses. Hypocrites. For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees. First cleanse the inside of the cup and the dish that... And the, and the dish that the outside of, the, uh, of them may, may be also clean. This word hypocrites right here that he uses twice. I'll read the rest of it, then I'll go back to that. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like, like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones all and all uncleanliness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to, to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. This is the picture of a lot of the church today. We are all are guilty of it from time to time, I think. He used the word hypocrisy or hypocrite twice in that. So I want to look up the definition of it because he was obviously putting emphasis on hypocrite right there, wasn't he? To say it twice in just a few sentences, it means an actor under an assumed character. An actor under an assumed character. Right? That's our Sunday etiquette, right? It also means a pretender. A pretender. An actor under an assumed character. This is, this is from the concordance. So this is, what, this is what the translation of the word means in the Greek. So an actor under an assumed character or a pretender. We can't clean up the outside. We can't do it. We can't do that. That's not going to fix the insides. What he's saying here, we must allow the Holy Ghost to cleanse us at the source. Right? We must allow him free, lane, free reign to come into us. And when he convicts us, when he, when he tells us things that we should do or we should not do, we have to submit to those things. But he will come in and clean us up if we allow him to, if we're not treasuring something else above him. 
If we're not treasuring something else, then we're putting it in above that, right? So the, it's, it's of the uttermost. When he comes in and cleans us up, when we ask God to forgive us when we get saved, we're washed as white as snow, clean, not one sin on us, right? But it's of the uttermost importance what we do, what we put back in that cup, what we put back in that vessel, right? Because, because it, it's, it's important, it's, it's critical who we hang out with, right? It's, the Bible says bad company corrupts good morals, right? Doesn't matter how sin-free you are if you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, if you're unequally yoked, bad company corrupts good morals. It, it's, it's critical what we hear, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we're hearing wrong things or wrong thoughts or evil thoughts, if we're putting evil treasure into our heart, it's going to come out. It's going to affect our faith. We can't build up faith hearing the wrong things. You notice he named what you got to hear to build that faith up, the word of God. You have to hear the word of God to build up your faith. So it's, it's critical what music you listen to. Some people don't like to hear that. It's a critical what movies you watch, what you allow your kids to watch. I used to love a good scary movie. Loved them. I thought they were great until I started getting into my Bible. When I got saved, this is before I'm saved I'm talking about. When, when, I, got, when I got saved and I started reading my Bible, I, I understood that, that you're dealing with things that you may not have any idea that you're dealing with in there. There are foul spirits attached to those things all over the place. And if you're trying to walk a Christian walk, if you're trying to get to heaven, when you're standing in front of Jesus Christ, I don't want to explain why I was putting these things into my treasure. Right? I don't want to, I don't want to explain why I was making these deposits. 2 Timothy 2.16 says, uh, avoid godless chatter, for it will only lead deep, deeper into a godless lifestyle. So when we're not completely clean, I'm talking about when we come in and we get saved and you're washed completely clean as white as snow, Right? Feel like the weight of the world's lifted off of you. We're completely clean. But when we start filling that cup back up or we start filling that vessel back up, so many times we put in a little bit of God and we put in a little bit of the world. Right? And we put in a little bit of God and we put in a little bit of the world. And most of us, if we'd be honest, we put in a little bit more of the world than we do of God because we're, we're only in church for a few hours a week. The rest of the week we live in the world, right? So we put in a little bit of God a little bit of world. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of compromise, right, Pastor? Not just a little bit. I mean, there's nothing wrong with we live. You get what I'm saying? We hear this a lot, right? There's nothing wrong with just a little bit of it. I can do this a little bit, but, but when you're doing that, you're putting in a little bit of God and a little bit of the world. A little bit of God and a little bit of the world. You're back and forth. When you're back and forth, how many knows that you're unstable? You're unstable when you're back and forth. Do you remember what I preached about last? I said last week in my notes. I prepared this last week, but, but it was two weeks ago, actually. James 1, 5 through 8. I'd like to read this to you real quick because let me tell you what, what James thinks about that if you're unstable. If any of you lacks wisdom, remember the scripture? I'm just going to read the, all the three verses so you, you can bring it to remembrance. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. That word right there, liberally, means large and generous amounts. You all remember that? Large and generous amounts will give you wisdom. Without reproach means without disappointment or without disre- disapproval, right? Without without liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him but let him ask in faith there's that word faith right there again with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind right back and forth back and forth a little bit of god a little bit of the world can you picture this 
I've seen the, the I've been out on a boat before where you can't see the, 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 the shore anymore and the waves are just back and forth. I was on a 55 foot long boat, the biggest boat I've ever been on. I was sitting in the living room of this boat, had a TV and video game, couch and love seat sitting around, three bedrooms in the basement, and, I mean in the downstairs and the captain was sitting up on top in a bathroom and I'm, it's the biggest boat I've ever been on. And that thing was tossing back and forth so much. And this was a calm day. This wasn't even a storm or anything going on. It was tossing back and forth so much that there was a picture window in the side of it. And I was sitting in there and you would look up at the sky and then you'd see the water. You look, this is what we look like, church. We're back and forth. A little bit of the God, a little bit of the world, right? For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Unstable in all his ways. When you're unstable, when you're back and you're forth, and you're back and you're forth, don't think you're going to receive anything from God. That's what James said, right? I'm not making this up today. Remember the challenge that we had last week, last time we were here after I preached this message? Remember the challenge that I, that I put out there for you all that God gave me to get to you? To wake up in the morning, and the first thing you do is pray, pray to God. Don't, don't, don't get up and eat your cereal. Don't get up and drink your coffee. Whatever it is that you do, some of us have to go to the bathroom first, right? But, but put God first in that and say, God, here I am to worship you. And worship him in the morning and praise him in the morning and thank him for what he's done for us. Here I am to praise you, God. Here I am to serve you, God. Give him, what, give him what he made you for. Serve him and praise him and worship him and say, Lord, please anoint me to do whatever it is that you've, that you've called me to do today. On this day, whatever you want me to do today, God, I'll do it. I'm your servant. I'm willing to do it. Just equip me to do it. Call me out in it. Let me hear from you today. Call, I know he's speaking to me all the time, but let me be sensitive to you, God, that I would hear from you and then anoint me to do whatever it is that you would call me to do. So I went home this week and and wrote about this big on my mirror and about this tall, it says whatever up there. And I underlined it a few times. And I got to praying in that. And I was asking God that. And I was doing what I challenged you to do. I can't challenge you to do it if I don't do it myself, right? So I was doing those things. And Monday morning, he said, you're going on a fast. So I started fasting. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm not trying to be unbiblical about telling you about it. But I'm the pastor of the church. So I got to be transparent so I can tell you how it worked out for me. So um, I started fasting and I quit caffeine and everything, cold turkey, and then uh, it was really rough on my body. It was really hard on my body, and and uh, but God really spoke to me, and He caused me to realize some things where I was really letting down, letting letting Him down, and letting the ministry that He's called me into down. I mean, He He had me to leave. Not that I've been in any sin or anything, but He had me to start making time for people. You get what I'm saying? Make some time for some people so you can spend some time. That's what pastoring's about. That's what pastoring is about is trying to bring people along. So, so doing those things. So, and, and he caused me to realize this week also, we talk about his will so much. What is God's will? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God has a plan for your life, right? Just to sum the scripture up. God has, so his will is his plan. He caused me to realize that this week. God's will is his plan, right? His, his will is for us to spend eternity with him. <clears throat> you think it's not? Why would he send his son here to die the death that he did? Right? You all know the story. Why would he do that? He wants us to be blessed. He put over 3,300 promises. Here's your proof of it. He wants you to be blessed. Over 3,300 promises in this, in this letter that he wrote to us. It, we call it the Bible. We call it a book. But they're promises from God, right? 
He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to rule over our life. You think he didn't? He gave us authority, right? He gave us prayer. When you can't get it done on your own, son, when you can't speak it into existence with your faith, then talk to me about it and believe in it. Notice we've got to be building this authority up the whole time, though. He even gave us the faith that we got. The Bible says he gave to every man the measure of faith. He even gave us the faith that we got to have to be able to speak our authority, to be able to speak the words in faith, right? But it's up to us to build that authority up. Or to, uh, not the authority, to build that faith up, I meant to say, to be able to, to mature that faith and bring it along, right? So he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to live in authority. He wants us to rule over our lives. Now, I'm not talking about ruling over other people, but he wants us to rule over our lives. He wants us to rule over the mountains, just like Jesus talked about. He wants us to rule over the mountains that come and oppose us. Do you think that's not training for heaven? Right? You think there's going to be a kindergarten when we get there for the ones who didn't pay attention here? Right? He's teaching us how to live. He's teaching us how to talk. He's teaching us what we need to do. He's teaching us how to bring our children up, right? But there's things that will stop your blessing. He wants you to be blessed. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to spend eternity with him. That's his will. That's his will. That's what he wants us to do. But there are things that will stop that blessing. There are. And I, I have a few of them listed here. There may be some more, but this is what I came up with. Not knowing would be the first one. Because in Hosea 4 and 6, do you have that one back there, babe? Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You'll be, blessing is the opposite of being destroyed, right? So your lack of knowledge, if you don't know that you possess it, you could have a huge inheritance somewhere, but if you don't know that you possess it, you're never going to go over and possess it. Are you following me? For lack of knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you from being priests for me. What's he call us in the Bible? He calls us his ambassadors, right? His priests. We're all his ambassadors. If you reject his word, if you reject his knowledge, he'll reject you. Because you have forgotten the law of, of your God, I will also forget your children. So he's talking about disobedience, right? If we reject God's law, he'll also reject our children. He'll reject us from being his priest. He's talking about disobedience. That brings me to my next point. Disobedience will stop the blessing of God. Your disobedience. God doesn't want us to be disobedient. We talked about it in Sunday school class this morning. I don't know what scripture it is. You can Google it. It'll, it'll know. It'll tell you. But if you're living in sin, God doesn't even have to hear your prayers. Tell me that won't stop your blessing. Disobedience will stop your blessing. James 4, 17 says, For him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If God's corrected you on something before, usually multiple times, and we're still living in it, that becomes rebellion. Rebellion. That's going to stop your blessing. That's going to stop your blessing. That's going to stop your authority from working right. Let me put it to you like this. A police officer, many of you have heard me say this many times, a police officer can step out into the intersection and he can put his hand up to stop. He's no match for a 4,700-pound F-150 that's rolling through the intersection, right? But you stop because of the authority that's vested behind him. You would have, if you run over that police officer, you're going to have the whole state of Missouri coming after you, how, how much ever they need. Are you following me? You will stop. Are you following me? That's, that's how authority works. It's delegated. Are you following me? However, if this police officer gets in trouble, if he's in disobedience to the law, he loses his authority. He's no longer allowed to stand on the street with his hand up. Make sense? Disobedience will stop your authority from working. It'll stop your blessing, right? Wrong words is my next point. 
Wrong words will stop your disobedience. Or it won't stop your disobedience. Wrong words will stop your blessing, right? If you're, because if you're, if you're speaking wrong words, what's wrong? It's deeper than that, right? It's not just what's coming out of your mouth. When you're speaking wrong words, your hearts aren't right. Either, either your hearts aren't right, you haven't surrendered, or you haven't trained yourself to say the right thing, to speak the right way, right? Because I, see, I, I correct people all the time. Not, not correcting them in a mean way, but I correct people all the time who've been in church for a very long time, who I know have big faith, maybe bigger than mine, but they're speaking wrong, right? They're saying things that are, that are my head's killing me. That's an idle word, right? That's an idle, that's an idle phrase right there. People say things all the time against themselves. Is that good or is that evil to say that? Think about it. A good, it's, it's either good or evil. There's nothing down the middle. There's no gray area in it. He didn't say there was an all right guy somewhere along that when he was talking about the treasure. He said a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, or he said an evil man out of an evil treasure of his heart. There was nothing else in there. That's all, that's all he talked about. So we, we could have wrong words because we haven't surrendered to God. We could have wrong words because we haven't trained. It could be because of lack of knowledge. That one goes back to the first one. Lack of knowledge. We just don't know how to talk. We haven't been educated to that. We haven't gotten our Bible and read the Word. We haven't heard preaching about that thing yet. Maybe we just don't know. That's called ignorance. That's, ignorance isn't a negative thing. That just means that we don't know. So you can speak wrong words for, for ignorance. Lack of faith will stop your blessing. I'm talking about things that will stop your blessing still. Lack of faith will stop your blessing. You doubt God because why? Think about this. You're either unstable, you're back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth because you're putting in a little bit of God and you're putting in a little bit of the world. And you're putting it, that's what makes us unstable, right? A little bit of God and a little bit of the world. It's either that or you haven't developed your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we're not putting in enough of the word of God, it doesn't say just hear him once. You just don't hear the word of God once and then you've got giant faith and you can go out and move mountains and you can raise people from the dead. That's not how it works. It has to be from hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. By the word of God, right? Has to be the word of God. Doesn't say, doesn't say in there anywhere about put in a little bit of God, put in a little bit of the world. It's not what it says. It says hearing and hearing by the word of God. So lack of faith will stop our blessings, right? If we haven't developed our faith, we have to get in. We have developing your faith takes that. That means you have to actively do something with it, right? You can't go get a membership to the gym, Right? You can't just pray to God one time and say, Lord, please forgive me. You're forgiven of your sins, but now you've got to develop this faith that he gave you to be able to believe in him anyway. You can't just get a membership to the gym and expect you're going to get muscles all over you. It doesn't work that way. It takes activity. It takes hard work. It takes dedication. Right? It takes discipline. That's one word that we all lack a lot in different areas. It takes discipline. You may not always feel like reading your word. You may not always feel like coming to church. You may not always feel like listening to your podcast. How it is that you hear and hear and hear and hear your word of God to build that faith up. Then you have to work that faith. How are you going to believe in God for a healing if you can't believe him for a baloney sandwich? Think about it. You've got to exercise that faith. You've got to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. But then you've got to use it. You've got to put that faith to work on small things first. Start off on small things, building that faith up. And then when you see those things happen, guess what? It becomes a first-hand experience, right? So lack of faith can stop your blessing. 
I think I'm almost done. Holy cow, we're going to get out of here on time. <laughs> First one I got all day. James, James 1, 19. Any of, the, any of these things can stop our blessing, though. We need to look at ourselves today and see where, where we're at with that. So James 1, 19 says, I didn't put it on the board. I'm just going to quote it to you. Let every man be, be swift to hear, be quick to hear. I'm terrible with this. Be slow to speak and slow to wrath. Be quick to hear. Be swift to hear, it says, slow to speak and slow to wrath. So don't get mad so fast. How fast can your temper turn on, Brother Lloyd? When you hear something that you, somebody says something that you, you don't like. Think about that. Not just Brother Lloyd. Don't look at him. <laughs> Anybody. I'm guilty of it, too. I'm guilty of it, too. How fast can your head start bobbing around? Really quickly. And you may not even understand the whole situation. But you're already mad, so you're saying, I bet you're not speaking good words over the situation at that time, right? So if they're not good words, they must be evil. Think about it. They must be idle. Idle words. We'll be judged by those things. So he says those things. Be, be, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow the wrath. You think that might be why God gave us one mouth and two ears? We should listen twice as much as we talk. This message right here got all over me because I talk a lot. I like to talk. For those, of us who have the, for those of us who have the gift of gab, I need to talk less. Some of you, <laughs> some of you all need to talk less. <laughs> Good one, baby. Some of, I hope that's on the podcast. Some of you all need to talk less. Think about it, because there are a lot of words that were put out there. A lot of things that were putting out there are idle words. They're, they're not doing anything positive for us. They're not doing anything positive for anybody else. And if they're not, we need to examine ourselves, examine what's in our heart and why those things are coming forward. Take it to God. Realize that we can't change this. I can stop saying those things. I can just stop talking altogether. It'd be hard for me to do, but I could just stop talking altogether. But that wouldn't change my heart condition. That wouldn't change what's inside of me. We have to be willing to be honest and be straight with ourselves and, and, and in front of God and say, Lord, get in my heart and examine me and show me where it is that I'm messing up. Show me what it is that I have that's coming out of me that's wrong and forgive me of it, Lord, and please purge me of it. No matter what it is, I don't care what I'm putting into myself, what I'm treasuring besides your word. I don't care what it is. Purge it out of me. Burn it out of me. Get rid of it, God. I mean, are we willing to do that? Do we, we'll be judged by it. I mean, it, it'd be better to do it now than when, when you're standing in front of him. And just get real with God today. Get real with God today and ask him to do these things and, and show us where it's at and purge us out or maybe even take it away without me knowing it, Lord. Whatever it is, I'm willing to sacrifice. I don't care what it is. Take it away from me. And Lord, help me to be more sensitive to your spirit when you're telling me not to put this back in the vessel or not to put this back in the cup. Help me to be more sensitive and realize there's a good reason why you're doing this, God. You're protecting me. You're protecting me from something. You're cleaning the vessel up completely that these idle words aren't coming out of my mouth any longer. I don't have these things coming out of my mouth any longer because I'm not depositing them in my treasury. They are not treasure to me. I'm storing up treasure in heaven. Could we all come to the altar today? There's just a few of us here today. Could we all come to the altar? Let's take time and make sure that we get it right before God. Babe, can you turn on the iPod, please?